On today's episode of No Days Off, we break down the UFC 251 main card, we give our fight picks, and we discuss Gilbert Burns testing positive for coronavirus and now is out of the UFC 251 main event Damn. against Kamaru Usman. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. What's up, everybody? We are going to be breaking down UFC 251, giving our fight picks. If you are not subscribed to No Days Off, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Go to our YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. We're going to be getting content up on there as well. Also, we are going to be getting our Instagram rolling very soon with very clips. Very soon. UFC 251 this if, coming Saturday. Oh, yeah. July 11th. Exciting stuff. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest sporting events since COVID happened, right? Since everything kind of got shut down. So this is really exciting. I mean, the bummer is that Gilbert Burns tested positive for COVID and he's out, which sucks. For sure. I, I think people were hoping or a lot of people thought that that might be a um, little bit of, of an underdog, upset. Underdog, yeah, underdog a little upset. bit of an upset. So now as we're reporting right now, we've heard from Ariel Hawani. We've heard from MMA Junkie, MMAfighting.com that Gilbert Burns has tested positive for coronavirus and is going to be out of the UFC 251 main event. Now, as we hear, all reports are indicating that Jorge Masvidal, Gamebred, is going to be stepping up on one week's notice to fight Kamaru Usman in the main event of UFC 251. And if and there's anyone I think you want to fill that slot, it's Jorge you, you got to remember that Masvidal was the one who was supposed to be fighting Usman. On this mm -hmm. card, Gilbert Burns was a cheaper option because George was getting pissed about his uh, his financial take in the company while he was going through what he was making. And if we remember correctly, let's look back to the last time that George Masvidal and Kamaru Usman ran into each other in February at the Super Bowl weekend in Miami. This is what happened. Take a listen, folks. Do something. Do something. I'm standing right here. Do something. Do something. <laughs> What is that? You make your hand, Jesse. Nah, I'm gonna kill you. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fuck your ass up. You're talking. No, no, no. So I hear you talking. You can't hit you now. You gotta cast do them, bitch. Some. You gotta cast do them, some. bitch. I ain't gonna take advantage of you like that. Do something. You come up talking. Do something. Do something. Big time. Boy. Big time angst. They go hey. to rival camps. Love it. Masvidal trains at ATT. Kamaru Usman's now at San Sanford MMA. He was part of the Black Zillions before that team disbanded. And uh, AT&T and Black Zillions have always had a huge rivalry in the state of Florida. And Rivalry's always better, dude. In, in sports, and fighting, and football, it just always amps it up. So the fact that these two legitimately do not like each other brings it to another level. I totally agree. And as of now, the fight is not signed, but all signs are pointing to it being signed. And it's going to be Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman for the welterweight championship of the world at UFC 251 if everything goes as planned. Volkanowski's chirping, though, because they're at the co-main event. He's like, all right, well, that fight's canceled. We should, we're the true main event. He's, he's doing a little chirping about how him and Holloway should be are the true main event if that one gets canceled. Well, or either way, is, if even if it wasn't canceled. But, I mean, it's just him chirping it up. Yeah, for sure. For the big cause. thing is you get a little bit of extra bump in the pay if you're a main event, especially as... You know, being a main event on that big of a card, you're going to get pay-per-view points and things like that. So I understand where Volkanovski's coming from, but, dude, there's people have been waiting for Masvidal versus Usman for a while now. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Now, um, as we go into the fight breakdowns of UFC 251, the main card looks pretty freaking good, man. Um, Jake and I are going to break it down. We're going to start from the first fight of the main card of the pay-per-view, and that is Amanda Hibas versus Paige Van Zant at flyweight. When we look at the betting odds, Amanda Hibas is the biggest betting favorite at minus 900. Paige Van Zant is a big underdog at plus 550. This is Paige's last fight on her current UFC contract that she got right when she joined the organization. She says she's going to be one of the biggest free agents to ever leave the UFC, yeah, right. which Me is too, which too. is crazy. Um, and when we look at this, Paige has had a huge layoff, man, almost a year and a half, a little bit over a year yeah. and a half. Her last fight was on the first ESPN card on January 19th, 2019. Versus it, it's Rachel been a year Ostevich. and a half layoff. And anytime you have a year and a half off from competing, I mean, when you go back in the back in action, you always get that rehash of nerves. I mean, you're just readapting into that competitive mindset. And I mean, these athletes, like, I mean, you take Gilbert Burns, he was on a roll. I mean, it's just one thing after the next, just in that, that groove of getting ready and competing, um, handling the nerves. So I think it's going to be a big mental challenge as well as physical challenge for Paige. And I, I like Hebas a lot. I mean, let's oh listen God, to yeah. her. Let's listen to her talking about Please. this matchup. And this was, this was back um, earlier this year. Or early March when she she was like looking forward to this so to, to be her next fight maybe her last fight in the UFC yes yes I think will be a great fight fight for me for her and for UFC and I hope she recover really fast I don't care if she wants in 115 or 125 because she, she needs to, to recover her arm really good because I will be my 100% and I hope she will be too when it was first scheduled, it was scheduled for a straw weight, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Do you think she's going to maybe ask for this fight to be a, a 125? I don't know. I'm giving her these options because I want to fight with her. I, That's awesome, dude. She's been dying to fight Paige for a while. I think she wants to take Paige's, like, clout or whatever. And Amanda Hibas is, like, a legit straw weight contender. I know the fight's happening at 125, but Hibas in her last fight against Ronda Marcos just absolutely dominated her. That clip that Jake just played for you was after uh, her fight against Marcos at UFC Brazil when COVID-19 first started happening and they mm-hmm. didn't have any fans. Hibas knows what it's like not fighting in front of any any fans. Her ground game, her stand-up, her jiu-jitsu is all legit. Like I said, she beat Ronda Marcos. Before that, she took out Mackenzie Dern with a unanimous decision. She's been on fire since she's come into the UFC. She's got a record of 9-1. and one. She is a legit contender, and I know why she's that much of a favorite. Like, minus 900, dude, that's – it's like, yeah, hey, man. Dude, it's – I think it's a good contrast between Hibas, who just doesn't give a shit about, like, how she looks. She's here to fight, her. dude. She's here she's to fight. She just wants to brawl. Where Paige Van Zant, dude, Miss Instagram, 2 million plus followers, 3 million followers. I don't know. It just – you know, when we talk about motivation – you can just see that that I and and Hiba, she just wants to bring it. She wants to she wants to go. Whereas you guys, you thinking, hey, Paige is making thousands every Instagram pic she posts, yeah. and it's like if it's getting hot and heavy, she's down. She's getting you know close to submission. How what's her mindset going to be like? Is she like fuck this? I'm going to get you know I got other things to worry about. Or I got my whole like other side hustle running wild. So why lock and load here? But uh. It should be a good fight. I hope Hibas brings the heat. She's my easy pick. I know Paige, Paige is injury prone as well, so hopefully everything stays stays solid for going in, and she seems healthy from all the initial reviews. So Yeah, Paige has had a couple broken arms. She keeps continuing to break her arm. I think this is the third time, second or third time she's broken her arm. 
But you got to think, man, that big of an under, underdog, plus 50, plus 550, excuse me. Man, if, if Paige wins this fight, she's going to make a ton of people happy. And like she said, if she wins this fight, that's huge for her going into free agency, whether she's negotiating with the UFC. Where do you think she's going to go? What do you think? I think she's going to end up in Bellator just because her husband's over in Bellator as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think her husband's over in Bellator as well. I just, I, I don't know where she's coming from, where she thinks she's one of the best prospects, like free agents ever to leave the UFC. Never been in the top 10 of her division. She's never fought in a title fight. I, I don't know where she's coming from. I, I understand like people tune in to see her fight. Mm-hmm. But it's not always for the right reasons. She doesn't. She's not an electric fighter. It's it's crazy to see because I get that she won her last fight against Rachel Ostovich, and that's just it's just a funny fight because everybody was talking shit about how both of them are amazing looking yeah. when that fight happened back in January of last year. <laughs> but this is a totally different it's fight. It's a swimsuit illustration. Swimsuit illustration. The swimsuit edition fight, dude. She's on Sports Illustrated doing the swimsuit. It's just, it's just that's what it is, man. So. I don't know. I think I think the appreciation is when you have women who want to bring the heat. And uh, do you think? Let me ask you this question: Do you think this goes all three rounds? Do you think it's in, it's done early? Do you think it's a knockout? I think it's. I think it's happens? whatever Hebas wants. If she wants it to go three rounds, it goes three rounds. Like when she fought Marcos, I thought she could have finished her at any point when she wanted to. But it's cool that she got the experience and everything like that. But with Paige, I think this could go. I think this could go all three rounds, mainly because she's super durable. She's just super durable. She can take punishment. She's not afraid of that. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see what she thinks as she's in the middle of the fight. But I can see Paige last in all three rounds. But Hebas is just dominant in every facet of the game. Ground, stand-up, jiu-jitsu. She's going to, she's going to take it to Paige, and I understand why she's such a big, uh, a big heavy favorite. Who do you got in the fight? Oh, Hebas for sure. Obviously. Okay, I just want to hear you say oh, it, Oh, definitely. But I look forward to this one. I just, you know... I love to. I just love to see it going on. First fight of the night what, on the main card. Paige's mindset and how she um, shows up. So yeah, we'll as see. we move on to the next fight, we got Rose Namajunas versus Jessica Andrade. This is a rematch. All right, this is a rematch mm-hmm. um, from UFC 237. Now, as we look at the betting odds, Rose is a minus 200 favorite. Jessica Andrade is plus 160. Okay, and as we look back to that fight at UFC 237 in Brazil when Rose was champion at the time. Jessica Andrade won that fight due to a slam when Rose was knocked out um, because she landed on her head. But before that, prior to that slam, Rose was controlling every aspect of the fight. She was making the fight go wherever she wanted it to go. And then after Jessica won the belt from Rose in that fight, she went on to fight Weili Zhang and then lost the belt clearly. Now, as we look at this fight, I do have Rose winning against Jessica Andrade. And I think the UFC is hoping that Rose can win as well, mainly because a lot of people really want to see Whaley Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Um, I think that the UFC wanted this rematch because Rose was controlling it and Andrade came in and just, you know, got that knockout in the second round. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't want anyone to undercut Andrade because she has that power and grappling and, and jujitsu strength and... You know, Rose clearly, I mean, you look at this, when you watch this one, she's going to have the height and reach advantage for sure. Um, as Zach said, she was kind of running the show, but I still think that Jessica can do the upset. It may upset the USC uh, matchmakers, but I actually got Jessica in this one. Yeah, I like the fact that she can bring it. Um, you know, Rose, after that after that fight too, she her mindset was a little weird. Did you ever see any reports on her like kind of 
in and out of oh, whether yeah. she wanted to stay with her So they were not, supposed to so. fight at UFC 249 when it was Ferguson versus Gaethje. Rose and Jessica were supposed to be scheduled to fight at UFC 249, um, but Rose wasn't comfortable yeah. fighting during the coronavirus, everything that was happening. And now she is, um, now that they're fighting over in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, I just, like what you said, Je- Jessica Andrade is going to have to get lucky. This is a, isn't five rounds. True. This isn't a championship point, fight. Dude. This is three rounds. She was getting controlled the whole time on the feet. I understand that she has the power advantage to some degree. Jiu-jitsu is pretty even. Jessica's very, very good on the ground. But I just love one aspect of this fight, and that's that Rose has, in my opinion, the best coach in the game right now in Trevor Whitman. Coach is Justin Gaethje, and as we're going to talk about a little bit later, Kamaru Usman has been working with Trevor Whitman as well. This guy is just a genius. He is just a genius. He's a great dude. He takes care of his fighters. And I'm really um, I'm really interested to see what Rose we have at UFC 251. I'm picking Rose in this. You're picking Jessica Andrade. That's this. right. So let's review the women's fights. So Please. For the women flyweight between Ribas and Hibas and Van Zant, you're picking... Amanda Hibas. Hibas. I'm going with Hibas too. And for the strawweight bout between Andrade and Namajunas, you're going... I'm going Rose Namajunas. Yep. And I'm going Andrade. So we'll see how it turns out. Awesome. I like the underdog, man. I'm a 2-0 sucker. 2-0 for me. 2-0 so, for me. I just love how, and I we talk about this sometimes off air, but how I so much respect the clout that this sport gives to women. Yeah, for and sure. And dude, for sure, like if I had a daughter, like I'd be like, you know, this is something seriously to consider in terms of ramping up a, a young girl for this type of sport, for this sport. And, you know, you look at even financially, I mean, some of these bouts are are pulling in and money for these women and you know they're raking in thousands on top of that hundred thousand depends on i mean if your man is as noon as etc you're you're really pulling it in but um i really respect i love the fact that this this is like and it's not like a joke like some sometimes you it's just, just like for real you know women just put it out there and it's the whole population appreciates it, and it's it's legit. It's got credibility. It's got authenticity. It's got legitimacy. So I'm I'm such a fan of the sport and what it's doing for the women fighters. For sure, it's a great point. Now, as we move on, we're going to move on to the uh, first title fight of the night. This is for the vacant bantamweight championship. Henry Cejudo just retired, so he vacated the bantamweight belt. This is for the vacant championship. Like I said, Jose Aldo versus Piotr Jan. Right now, as you look at the betting odds, Jose Aldo is an underdog, plus 195. Piotr Jan is a minus 250 favorite. This is big. This is Jose Aldo's second fight at Bantamweight. He lost his first fight to Marlon Marais. Close one. Close one. Three-round decision, split decision to Marais. And then when we look at this, the other big concern is Aldo needs to make weight here. It's not like a guessing game of like, oh, like yeah, he's, he's definitely going to make weight. This is only his second time. He has to make the 135-pound limit. It's not 136. He needs to make the limit. He used to struggle making 145, but now that he has a nutritionist in his corner, his cut down to 135, he looked pretty damn good, man. His oh, cardio so was there. Lean, dude. His pressure on Marais, his octagon control was amazing in that fight. So a lot of people are a little bit nervous about the We just the watched weight that cut. the other day. That was, that was Yeah, we just rewatched that fight, and it was just amazing to watch all those cardio in that fight, and I think he's going to do pretty damn well against Piotr Jan. The thing is, I understand why Jan is a favorite. He's very dangerous on the feet, great takedown defense, great clinch work. But at the same time, he hasn't fought the level of guys that Aldo's fought in his career. I understand Aldo's getting yeah. a little bit older, but remember, this guy's only 33 years Dude, old. Dude, he looks 40. 
but he is only 33. 33 years Dude old. Dude looks now. 40. Now, when we look at Piotr Jan's last three fights, his last fight was against a 40-year-old Uriah Faber. Before that, he fought Jimmy Rivera, which is probably his toughest test of the entire uh, time he's been in the UFC. And then before that was John Dodson. So those three fights are legit, but at the same time, he's not fighting the highest of level contenders. Like, he's not fighting a Dominic Cruz. He's not fighting a Cody Garbrandt, Rafael Asuncao, um, Marlon Moraes. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see him get, a, like, one more fight, but I understand he's so damn dangerous, and what he did to Faber in their last fight makes him a legit contender. The thing I want to bring up, when I, when I was talking about the Jimmy Rivera fight, it was amazing to watch because in the first two rounds, Jimmy Rivera dominated the first four minutes of the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. So he dominated four minutes, really gave Piotr Jan a lot of trouble with low calf kicks. Yes. And then with the final minute remaining, Jimmy kept getting dropped with a head kick at one point and then at another point in the clinch and then on the feet. He just kept getting dropped in the first two rounds in the last minute. So he kept losing the rounds. So it's not like Piotr Jan's had like this dominant run where he's just wiped through every single person he's gone through. Yeah. The big thing, those leg kicks against Rivera are a huge tell to me that Jose Aldo needs to get his kicking game going. Dude, a thousand percent. If you didn't bring that up like immediately, I was going to have to. But we saw that even that match that we watched today against Mar- what? Marlon Marais, why doesn't Aldo just use those kicks? What is he afraid of going I, on these I kicks? think it's his activity level. I don't know if he was worried about gassing out or what it is, but... He needs uh, to bring the kicks to have success against He Jan, has to be Both active. low body and high, and that's going to be a game changer if he can implement that. Absolutely, because Aldo, when you look at that fight against Marais, great stand-up, great boxing, but he needs to get his leg kicks involved. Yep. As you look at his just entire UFC history, his entire career, he has one of the most devastating low calf kicks in freaking UFC history, dude. He's dominant. And Piotr Jan had trouble against Jimmy Rivera. He had to keep switching stances. You could tell his leg was starting to buckle. So Aldo, I I just hope that he saw that. Watch that fight or his coaches watch that fight. And he's going to implement that. Because across five rounds, it's going to be tough. We haven't seen Piotr Jan in a five-round fight in the UFC. He was scheduled to fight Marlon Moraes, I want to say in Kazakhstan at some point before coronavirus hit. But at the same time, now he's getting a vacant championship title fight against one of the greatest featherweights of all time. Mm-hmm. But they're fighting at Bantamweight. So this is a whole different kind of fight. My big thing, Aldo needs to be active in the kicking game. He needs to be active in his striking. This fight is not going to go down to the ground. They will clinch. I see them tying up in the Muay Thai clinch. But at the same time... Kodian I- loves that... You talk about, he loves that elbow out of that clinch, Out of that too. break, man. Killing it. Piotr Jan's, you saw in the Uriah Faber fight when he just dropped Faber right off the clinch. He just knows when to time that elbow. Mm-hmm. You think it's coming one way, he comes the other way. And Dangerous. it's just so freaking, so fast, man. Powerful. This dude's got power. I, like I said, I don't see this going down to the ground, man. I don't see this going down to the ground. These dudes are two high-level strikers. Both of their takedown yeah. defenses is amazing. Do you when think this I, could be fight of the night, or do you think it that, could be? It could be. I worry that Piotr Jan hasn't gone five rounds in the UFC. Um, I th- I think it could be for sure. I think Volkanovski Holloway could be fight of the night too, man. Yeah. I think Masvidal versus Usman. I think there's so many damn good fights on this card that it's tough to pick, and I don't want to be in that position. It's funny because Dana White's been asking a lot of fans what they think to vote on. Hey, who's fight of the night? Who's performance of the night? All that stuff. Yeah. But as you look at this fight, 
dude, I keep going back and forth on my picks. I want to pick Aldo, and I'm, you know, fucking, I'm going to pick Aldo. I just think Jan's a lot more dangerous than a lot of people are giving him credit. I just hope he's ready for this level of a fight in a championship five-round, not main event, but, damn, a high-profile fight on a high-profile Title card. bout. It's a title bout. And I, I just, got you, I think sometimes you got to wonder which Aldo's going to show up. You know, from for featherweight sure. come down to bantamweight, he seems to be a little rejuvenated, which is cool to see. Um, like you said, hope he brings the legs, leg kicks because I think that's going to be only to his advantage. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who tries to control the middle. Jan might have the little They're both going to go forward. Advantage. Uh, so I know that Jan, though, has that power. He has that that striking ability. He has that that elbow out of the clinch. So it'll be a really exciting stand-up game to see. I think I'm still going to go with Jan just because I don't know which Al is going to show up. I hope it's the one that brings the kicks with an awesome fight, but I don't think that's guaranteed. Yeah. And he seemed tentative against Marlon Marais, and I hope that, you know, he's watched film and realized, hey, I could have, you know, I was, I was really doing good when I implemented some leg kicks, and if I would have done more, I could have maybe won that decision. For so sure. So hopefully he brings with, with Piotr Jan. I'm going to go with Piotr Jan just because I like that, that power he brings. He's, he reads, he get, finds the rhythm, he, he understands the counterattack timing. So I think that's all to his advantage. He's a smart fighter. Um, those Russians tend to be well-rounded. I know you've said that a Absolutely, couple times. Absolutely, man. So I got to go with Jan. Yeah, Hope it's, it's not, a good fight. It's not a bad pick at all. I, I see why he could be the favorite in the fight. Man, I just really am hoping that Aldo can get that that belt at 135. I think that's that's going to really help his career, help his mindset. He's not the type of dude to just kind of lay down and be like, yeah, I'm okay losing no way, losing yeah. all these fights. You know, this will be his third fight in a row that he lost if he loses this. So what happens, like fast forward, what happens either way? to Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo. What what happens to those guys? So Henry Cejudo's fight? done right now. He says he's retired. The fight he wants, he wants to come back and fight at 145 against Volkanovski. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he's a little bit too small for that, but money talks for the UFC. That's going to be a decent fight. Now, when we talk about Aljamain Sterling, whoever wins this fight between Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo, next up for them is going to be Aljo. Aljamain Sterling just dominated Corey Sandhagen, right from the opening bell at UFC 250. Sterling is going to be the next contender at Bantamweight. Sweet. At 135, you will see Aljamain Sterling, the next title contender, whether it's against Jose Aldo or Piotr Jan. Hell, we'll see Saturday night. So you're going Aldo, I'm going Jan. Correct. I'm, so those last two fights were, were completely opposite. We both agree on Hibas. I'm going with Rose, you're going with Andrade. Yep. I'm going with Aldo, you're going with Piotr Jan. Now, as we move on to the co-main event, this is another rematch from UFC another 245. Great fight, dude. Another for the great ban- fight. For not the Bantamweight, damn it. For the featherweight championship of the world, Max Holloway versus the go. champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. As you look at the betting odds, Volkanovsky is a minus 235 favorite. Holloway a plus 185 underdog. I love this rematch. It was a great fight. Went five rounds. Max is super durable. Volkanovsky is super durable. The big thing when we talk about kind of Aldo, the big difference was the output. Volkanovski's leg kicks in their last fight at UFC 245 was the big thing. He won a unanimous decision, excuse me. And you can see that Volkanovski had the clear power advantage. Max has a reach advantage, height advantage for sure, but he needs to be more active. I felt like I've never seen him that tentative. Yep. I don't know if he was worried about Volkanovski's overall power or what it was, but I need Max to be 
more active in this fight if he needs, if he has any chance of winning a decision or if he has any chance of stopping him. You think of Max Holloway, you think of forward pressure and just output of strikes. Mm -hmm. He's not the most powerful guy, but what he gets people to do is just break under his pressure, under his cardio, his forward pressure. He needs to do that. It was crazy to see him fight like that at UFC 245 against Volkanovski because I'm not used to seeing him so tentative. He goes forward, he's going to march you down, and he's going to put hands to face. We didn't see that in this one. Volkanovski, powerful dude. He's about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, so he has a clear uh, height disadvantage, reach right. disadvantage. But this dude can clinch. This dude can wrestle. I don't see this going to the ground, though. Like, as we saw, I see it possibly going to the clinch because Volkanovski's pretty damn powerful in the clinch as well. Kind of comparable to Piotr Jan. Yeah, I but, agree. I don't know if I, this one goes to the ground either when you look no. at the Jan and Aldo fight versus this one. I think it's a lot of stand-up action. Yeah. But it, it's funny because we talk about Aldo on the output. Max has to be the same way. He Similar. has to he has to have more output. He has to be able to check these low leg kicks from Volkanovski. Mm. And it's just if Max wins, there has to be a trilogy. Yeah. One forty the problem is one forty five is so stacked. If Max loses There's a lot of guys. I see Max moving up to one fifty five, going up to lightweight. He obviously had his interim title fight against Dustin Poirier that he lost for the lightweight uh interim title. Um the thing is, man, Volkanovski's just been so dominant. You know, Volkanovski's hungry. He wants to definitely reiterate that he's the real deal. For he's sure. He's here to stay. I know he's been talking about how he watched that footage from that first fight, 245, and picking up areas where he can improve. And I'm sure Holloway did the same. I am a little worried, though, because I was, you know, doing some research on Holloway, just seeing what's the latest on him. Um, he didn't get in much training prior to, to leaving for for the UAE, Yeah, for the for Abu Dhabi this this. This weekend, um, he says that in Hawaii, it was just, you know, it was really tight in terms of the lockdown and authorities kind of cracking down. And he said the first time he saw his coach was in Vegas coming off the planes in uh, in a few weeks. So I wonder how his training went. I'm sure this guy's yeah, an experienced man. vet, dude. He's going to be fine. He I knows wonder how, how much of it. that is true, though. Yeah, I will say, though, that the thing that he kind of admitted is that without having a camp, though, He's avoided a lot of injuries. His body's feeling really fresh. So if there is one advantage to that. It's that you got a fresh Max Holloway, maybe a little deconditioned as compared to previous times. But when you have a vet like this, it's kind of just back in the saddle action. You know, they're they're used to it. They know the grind. They can read this stuff. This is their life. They've been doing it forever. But it was just interesting to note that, you know, it's been an off period of training for him. And how does that affect, you know, anything we see physically and maybe mentally in the back of his head uh, in terms of how he approaches it. But I know both these guys are hungry. Who you got going in this one? Who you got winning? Dude, I know we talked about this off air, but obviously Max Holloway, I'm picking picking him in my heart, but my brain's telling me Alexander Volkanovsky is going to win this fight. I don't think it's going to get stopped. I think Max is super durable. I I see it going five-round decision. I think it's going to go to Volkanovsky, man. I think it is. He's He's won his past 19 professional fights, dude. 19 professional fights. In the UFC, he has not lost Mm -hmm. since he's been in. He beat Max. Before that, he beat Aldo to get that title opportunity. And now he says, Aldo was a great champion. Max was a great champion. It is my time to be a great champion. Yep. And if Volkanovski does win this fight, I see Max Holloway moving up to lightweight, trying to start his career a little bit, I don't want to say over, 
but I think he needs to move on from the featherweight division if he loses this fight. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think Holloway again, the tentativeness he showed in that first fight was just kind of weird. It was just kind of off. So if a more aggressive Max shows up, it could be a different story. But I also got Volkanovski. I think he's he's sturdy. He's de- he's durable. He's going to bring it. He's going to change big boy, it up. Man. Big he's boy. thick. He's powerful. Um, and I'm not sure if Max can can deal with that a second time. So I do have Volkanovski in this rematch. Um, Hopefully, a more aggressive Holloway shows up to really make it up. Hope so. And dude, hopefully, we're surprised. And like Holloway just brings the heat, and it's like it's it's different from what we expect. But um, that's who I got going in this one. Hey, I get it, man. Copying my picks, cool. No, nah, dude, I would so. love to. I would love to take Holloway. I was thinking in my head, like maybe I should just pick Holloway just to like no. just to like change it up from what you picked. But I don't know if you can. Um, it's crazy that like. We talk about Aldo's output. We talk about Max's output. We talk about what Rose is going to show up, what Aldo's going to show up, what Max is going to show up. It's 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 interesting. So so what's the future of the featherweight then? Does Cejudo come out and and face Volkanovski if he wins? This? I don't know if I see that happening, man. Because Cejudo wants some bread. He wants to be compensated. He wants to be paid. I get that he was a two-division champion. That's great. He wants to be the first ever three-division champion. Move up and face Volkanovski and try and win the featherweight belt. I just don't know if that's going to be possible. Mm. He's legit. Henry Cejudo is a legit fighter, legit contender wherever he wants to be. I just don't know if he's trying to just say this to get his name back out there or what it is, but, man, he really wants his Volkanovski fight. Yeah. I don't know, dude. And then and even behind that, them, like, who do you got, even, like, looking deeper in the division? Like, who's up and coming? I know Josh Emmett won that fight recently. Yeah, that was um, a fight of the night. Calvin Cater's been looking great. Zabit is a big contender that the UFC just loves. The thing is with Zabit, I don't see him being, you know, too crazy. His cardio across three rounds is is tough to watch. Mm-hmm. By the third round, he is just, his output is b- well below average. So to see him in a five-round fight, crazy. Mm. Be crazy. A lot of people are calling for, like, Zabit to fight Max if Max loses and stuff like that. I think Max would take Zabit to work. I get he's impressive all over the place with his jiu-jitsu, with his takedowns. With his stand-up, he's fancy, all this stuff. But I don't really see him, I don't know. I don't see him being exactly what everybody's hoping he's going to be. But you look at every division in the UFC right now, there's so many stacked divisions. You look at Bantamweight. You look at Lightweight. You look at Featherweight. You look at Welterweight. There's so many people lined up to fight. It is incredible. And I'm looking forward to every single one that we can possibly have going forward there's so many potential matchups to see but yeah, kind of like I said I'm interested to see how Zabit goes forward with his next fight will he be able to get that next shot at Volkanovski if Volkanovski wins this if Max wins this it's a clear trilogy yeah I mean kudos to the UFC for for rocking and rolling during this time and giving us something to look forward to giving us sports um to watch and hope for and kind of you know mull over and kind of take her mind off things so yeah dana's the man that's awesome Dana White's dude. the man and i appreciate him doing this because without sports and he's doing been, the best he can weird, man dude. everyone's on his ass about like but he's doing i mean these guys are getting tested like three plus times when they, they show they up a, they, when they yeah. land i don't know how the fuck they're gonna get him before you know but when they start like they're getting tested all over the place and obviously it it worked because burns got you know yeah speaking of testing diagnosed. we're gonna move on to the main event now And obviously, like we said at the beginning of the show, Gilbert Burns is out of the main event against Kamaru Usman for the welterweight championship of the world. Now, 
as we're talking about this, as this is being recorded, the fight between Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman is not signed. But all things on Twitter, on social media, are pointing to Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman for the welterweight championship of the world to fight at UFC 251 in Abu Dhabi on Yas Island, Fight Island. Do you ever see a picture of that island, dude? It looks legit. It looks awesome. Super legit. It and looks like there's a Ferrari dude, type factory. There's like a freaking like water about, park. It's like oh, it's like dude. a coloring book, dude. It looks crazy. <laughs> like I don't. I I assume that they get to Abu Dhabi and they have to take a boat there and whatever. Like it's. <laughs> I, I, it, it's, I have no idea. Dude. I just Googled images of it and it just looks wild, dude. It looks like a dream magazine. Look at Disney thing. Now, the big thing here when we look at Masvidal versus Usman, the big thing, this was supposed to happen. This was supposed to be the fight Yeah. to main event UFC 251. But obviously the whole contract issue with Masvidal is causing a little bit of backlash between him and the UFC. Him and Dana White have been going at it um, at Dana's press conferences. And obviously on Jorge's... Uh, uh, Twitter. He's been really vocal on Twitter. He's been going on ESPN Sports Center and all of that. As we look at the betting odds, they have the future out. And right now, Kamara Usman is a minus 250 favorite over a plus 180 underdog game bred Masvidal. And I agree with that, man. You got Masvidal taking this on seven days' notice. You have to, dude. He's taking this on week notice. And I love, I mean, there's a saying in fight that I, that I love that's stay ready. Don't Always. have to get ready. And know? he was training. Like, he was training. He was ready. You know, he's been, I don't know if he's exactly where he was about a month or two ago, but at the same time, I feel like Masvidal is always freaking game to just throw down and scrap. That's what you know about this dude. This dude can just get after it. You think about his last year. He was the 2019 fighter of the year, dude. He knocked out Darren Till over in England. He had that amazing highlight reel knockout of Ben Askren with that flying knee. Yeah, And then he stops Nate Diaz for the BMF belt at Madison Square Garden after a doctor stoppage. So he had a hell of a year in 2019. The thing is, in 2020, what is it going to be for Jorge Masvidal this year? Is he going to be able to get the welterweight strap around his waist? This isn't the BMF belt. This isn't Nate Diaz. This is Kamaru Usman, a legit welterweight champion. Yep. Kamaru Usman's last fight was UFC 245 against Kobe Covington. We know all the animosity those two had between each other. Now you got game bread. You heard the clip at the beginning of the show. These dudes do not like each other. They've been talking so much shit over social media, making YouTube videos, Instagram videos, Twitters, tweets, everything, man. So as we look at it, I just don't know if George is able to, to get this done. He has a clear advantage, in my opinion, in the stand-up game. But the problem is Usman has the the way bigger advantage when it comes to the ground game. I mean, we talked about a little with Holloway and the fact that he hasn't been able to train much, but we still expect him to bring it because he's a seasoned vet. Yeah. I mean, you look at, at Masvidal, this guy's got almost 50 professional fights under his, under his wing here. And he's going to show up and he's going to bring it either way. Like, that's the thing that I think you always have talked about with him down. is that, he is that he's, down, he's a fighter's fighter and he's just going to bring it. It's not really much tentative, you know, monkeying around in there. He's, he wants to bring the heat. And I think that's awesome to see. And again, we talked about the start of the show. When there's a rivalry, it just makes it all the more better to watch. Oh, for sure. Now, remember, Kamara Usman, him and Gilbert Burns are teammates. Kamaru Usman left Sanford MMA in Florida 
and he went up to Colorado to train with Trevor Whitman before this fight due to the fact that him and Burns were teammates. He wanted Burns to train at Sanford MMA. So Usman went up to train with Trevor Whitman. Now, I talked about this with Rose, and I mentioned it slightly. He's the coach of Justin Gaethje as well. I think Trevor Whitman is the best coach right now in the game. He has a small roster of fighters, and he's very specific with how he trains these guys. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast with Justin Gaethje after he beat Tony Ferguson, and it was just an awesome show to listen to. I listened to all freaking, like, three hours of the show. This guy knows what he's doing, and with Camaro's stand-up getting better, and with his ground game and clinch work, what it is, I think this is going to be just a tough matchup for Masvidal on seven days' notice. Yeah. The I, thing I'm wondering, before you go, I apologize. Oh, I'm wondering if the UFC has in George's contract, we will give you a rematch with a full camp. I would watch it. I don't give a shit how it goes down this time. If they do a rematch and Gamebred gets a full camp, I would watch it every time it's booked. Yeah. Every time that gets booked, I would watch that, man. And I think that's fair, but with Dana White and everything going on with Masvidal's, uh, you know, financial position right now with the UFC, I think it's tough to say that he would get an automatic rematch. There's so many contenders still at the welterweight division. You look at Leon Edwards. You look at Kobe Covington with a possible rematch down the line with Kamaru Usman. There's so many legit dudes in the welterweight division on the come up. So it's tough to say. Yeah, Leon Edwards, they say he had some weight cut, cut issues, which prevented him a little bit from getting in the mix. But the, the clear advantage, and I think why the odds are what they are, is that Usman's coming off his camp, and Masvidal didn't have one. And so Usman is primed. You know, he is rocking and rolling. He is in shape. Obviously, he thought it, he was going to be fighting Burns. And we liked, when this initially came out with Burns, we actually like liked matchup, Burns for yeah. the upset because... For sure. I mean, they were training partners for years, since 2012. And how do you not, as a training partner pick up some weaknesses of the guy you're fighting with and know how to exploit them. So we like that as an underdog, but I think this is a, a change dynamic now with Masvidal. And, you know, Usman's a solid overall fighter. Coming off his camp, um, he's ready to rock and roll. Masvidal's got that aggressiveness, that fighter's mentality. So it'll be great to see. This could be the fight of the night. We talked about that Aldo Jan one. I mean, Vulcan, it's going to be great all over if those two bring it. Um, this one could definitely be. The fight of the night, bringing it between two hated rivals. Everybody's talking about George is getting this fight on seven days' notice. The thing is, Camaro's also getting this on seven days' notice. It's not like he was prepared for Masvidal. He was fighting a guy like Gilbert Burns, getting ready for that. So we got to understand. That's true. It's still, Masvidal's still a legit threat for Usman, I think. But I just don't, I don't know what condition George is in. I don't know what he's thinking, what he's feeling, everything like that when it comes to this kind of a fight. So I think it's a little bit different when we we kind of analyze this one compared to the rest of the main card. And though it though you're right, that that his these guys, though you're right, Usman did get this on seven days' notice as well. These guys know each other well, man. They watch each other's fights, they analyze each other, they talk they talk shit about each other online. So they have either way inside knowledge of, hey, how they might approach this if they had to fight them next. So I think it's going to be a great one. I'd love to see, I'd love to hear who you got in this. I got Kamaru Usman. In a unanimous decision, five-round fight, I think George does make it all five rounds. I'm nervous that he's going to get stopped at some point just based on his conditioning. I don't know where he's at physically. He might be in fucking perfect condition. 
he might have been training this whole time expecting somebody to get out with all the coronavirus stuff. His yeah, coach, there's not much to do in Miami. He has I mean, one it's all closed. It's 100%, not. dude. He has one of the best coaches in the game and Mike Brown. I love Mike Brown in all aspects from ATT, but I just don't know if if he's ready on seven days' notice for this high level of fight. Usman's legit, man. He's been oh, wanting yeah. this fight, and that's the thing. We're going to see what's up. These dudes have been talking shit that Usman's been avoiding the fight or Masvidal's been avoiding the fight. We're about to see what's going on. George stepped up on seven days' notice. He put his hat in the ring. I think he's going to be compensated what he wanted to right from the get-go on why he lost his fight to Burns because Burns was the cheaper option for the UFC. But I'm really hoping that he was able to get his money when we look at this UFC 251 main event. Who do you, you know, have? Who do you have winning this? I have I have Usman winning this. However, I think that Masvidal is one of those wildcard guys that could just throw out like a knockout shot. Oh, yeah. Or could catch him really off guard. You know, the interesting thing to, to consider, too, in this is that, you know, when these guys fight, it's 10 p.m. like U.S. time, Eastern time, but it's 6 a.m. local time over there. The main card starts at 6 a.m. Abu Dhabi time. And if you haven't been maybe kind of adjusted to that yeah, dude. training sequence, it might be another tough thing for Masvidal to adjust to. I don't know if Usman and all these other guys have been trained toward that, but at least they've known that they were going to have to prepare for that mentally. Now... You know, humans can adapt. I mean, he can get For the sure. flight over. He can stay up and kind of readjust the time zone and hydrate like crazy hell. But that's another thing to consider. I mean, they're fighting at 6 a.m., like ready to roll. They better be freaking. It took their morning poop. They're rocking, <laughs> dude. They got to be ready to roll when that, you know, Glock goes off. So Paige Van Zant had no idea that she was fighting at 6 a.m. Abu Dhabi time. Ariel Hawani is the one who told her that. Jeepers, dude. What do she's think like, this what? is, man? She's this like, is the Middle East of the world. This is like... She like thinks it's the same time as the U.S.? Like, what the fuck are you... Like, what, what have you been doing, man? What are you doing? Another reason why Van Zandt isn't going to have a great showing, but hey. All right. So now the question I have for you, who is going to have... What's the fight of the night? Like, if you look at the main card, I, I know there's prelims and understand that, but when you look at this main card, if you had to choose a fight of the night, who would it be for you? Well, I'm so happy. I think... I think 251 is the is the card they hope 250 would be. I love the the concept of Fight Island. I think Fight of the Night will end up being the the Usman Masvidal fight. Whoa, I do. I think a lot of it depends on how Holloway and Aldo show up and what kind of you know aggressiveness yeah, they right. bring. So you could totally be shocked, but just on paper, the fact that these two fucking hate each other. I think you have to go to that because if I fucking hate somebody that I'm fighting with, there ain't no chance I'm being tempted. I am going to seize every opportunity I can, especially with Masvidal. He's got to feel like if there's an opening, he has to take it. For sure. Because, you know, Usman has the advantages that we already talked about. So, yeah, that'd be my choice. What do you got? I'm going to go out on a limb, dude, and say that we are going to get one of the most aggressive Jose Aldo's we've ever seen. And I'm going to pick Jose Aldo versus Piotr Jan as the fight of the night. Um, any, I think, well, besides obviously, Hebas versus Van Zandt, I think any of these other four fights could be the fight of the night. But I'm going to go with Aldo and Piotr Jan to be the fight of the night for UFC 251. If I had to look for a performance of the night, <laughs> I think the one of the most obvious ones could be Amanda Hebas. Yeah, I was just going to say Hebas. <laughs> I, I think Amanda Hebas dictates where this fight goes at every second. Dude, I think she's she a Tampa stop. girl. I think she trains up in Tampa. I don't know. Florida. I know she's Brazilian. She's used to fighting in front of no fans. When she did, it was the very first card they did like that in Brazil on the uh, Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira. So I could see Hibas just absolutely dominating Paige 
And I see Paige uh, kind of leaving the UFC with a loss, a devastating loss to Amanda Hibas to finish out her career. And then oh she's going to be one of the biggest free agents uh, ever. So what else you got, man? Anything? That's it, dude. I just want to see if where Amanda Hibas trained out of. But, um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be a great card. I know that you're particularly excited. What was the one we were talking about the other day? You're like, if I only had to see one fight, I would want to see. It's like if I had to make it back for one fight, I think you want to see the oh, Mas- it was Masvidal versus the Masvidal one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Either way, I mean, obviously that's too. a huge one, but this will be great. I'm just I'm just excited for this. Once again, thank you to the UFC. Thank you to Dana White. Thank you to all our listeners at No Days Off. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, man, subscribe to the podcast. Dude, I mean, hit if us you want, up, bro. Give it us, takes two seconds, man. Give you us. You got to hit that five star. That oh, send yeah. a great review. If you give us a shitty review, I'm gonna. That's I'll just find you. You're a dick, okay? Because <laughs> that's not cool. Like, if, if, what, what can you possibly do? Just five star, right? These guys fucking rock. Done. Save Boom. it. Boom. See ya. Boom. Give yourself Easy. a nickname. Thanks for listening once again to No Days Off, guys. We're gonna be back again very soon. She neck, on she neck, money in the way for what they got to say. I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way. More than three niggas, talk big flips. UFC 251, Saturday, July 11th. Tune in. See you there.